Welcome to Open to Truth. My name's Clinton. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Today, I want to dive into something a little bit dark. Oh, boy. And it has to do with violence. The occult? Nope. Nope. I mean, perhaps, depending Maybe, on your actually, worldview, how yeah. much is inspired by the demons. Okay. What's your topic? Uh, so to set this up, this past week, I've been painting my new house. All right. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yep. You've seen it. It's, I have. A, it's in disarray right now. You've done now. a lot of painting. You got a lot done this week. Yep. Which is exhausting. Your wrist and thumb are probably sore, but. And I was just ripping through podcasts while I did it. That's the best way to paint. And the one that really gripped my heart during this time hmm. was Hardcore History. Okay. Uh, it's a, by, a podcast by a guy named Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin. And I believe he has some academic training in it, but just really widely read. And he has this three-part, like, 12-hour series on uh, the Persian Empire called King of Kings. Okay. Do you get the sense when he's riffing on these that it's it's written out verbatim? I was wondering that. Or is he just kind of talking off the top of his head? Because I took a history class in college, and it was one of my favorite classes because this dude would just show up. Mm -hmm. And it was like ancient history from the beginning of humans all the way through. He would just show up, and it was like story time for three hours in the evening. He would just tell tales of, of men throughout the ages. It was great. So is that kind of what it's like? I think he I heavily, heavily prepares. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's probably near script. Right. And then he kind of can go off on a topic. Hardcore history. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to And them. he's really great at describing the what it's like of an event. Mm-hmm. Like, what would it be like to be a soldier on the battlefield of Thermopylae or yeah. something? Yeah. Just fantastic. So mm-hmm. check that out. Highly recommend it. But it got me thinking over the past week and particularly today about... Just the violence in history. It was brutal. It has been. And how brutal. much of it there has been. Uncountable, untold numbers of people yeah. have met really grisly ends. Uh, one particular uh, thing that he pointed out that I found fascinating, I confirmed with a veteran the other night, yeah. or he, that it resonated with him, that if you talk to current veterans, let's say World War II, Vietnam, yeah. The incidents that they'll cite as the most traumatic or the ones that haunt their nightmares. The, the ones that cause PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Are the times when, and just disclaimer, might have some... A little gri- bit gory here. Yeah, grisly terms coming up, un- unsettling. But just the times where they've had to end a life face-to-face encounter with like a piercing object. Some kind of a stabbing yeah, or slicing and juxtaposed with that like that was all and only really the way that you killed somebody on the ancient battlefield right and what he described too i'm this might be a little bit uh winding okay. my, my thoughts here but just as things come to mind and just just to be clear like you maybe we imagine from braveheart or something these huge battle lines like masses of people just running into each other yeah and we don't we actually don't really know that that's how battles. It was a little more strategic. Might have than gone, that, wasn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, they would have cavalry and archers and that sort of stuff. If that's yeah. what you mean, and like try to flank your enemy. Well, I just even mean like the, the Romans in their what is it phalanx? So like barricades of shields, walls. Sure, yeah. It's not just like free for all. Everybody just run in and brawl, right? Right. Yeah. There'd it's a be little form- more like we're formations. all moving together. Everybody raise your shields. Like, but it's still unclear necessarily, like were ever those those clashes of people mm. and there's even reports from the revolutionary war where soldiers when they're running at each other with bayonets oh, God. there's I hate even thinking about it there's stories about like 
that both sides would halt where there'd be a no man's land in the middle. They don't want to actually. They don't. And, and even when they did get up close, a lot of soldiers would go with the butt of the rifle. Wow. There's something less personal than the sticking. The, the poking into another's body is Man, really. Man, is that rough. Or would stop and draw up lines with musket fire yeah. at close range. We just want to avoid that piercing. And so we wonder, like, did that happen on the ancient battlefield? Like, or were there were they just these battle hardened societies? They just go for it. Were, yeah. Well, I, you hear about like the Assyrians and stuff who would flay people or you know mm-hmm. hang them, like impale them on their city walls and stuff. Right. You know, impaling up through the the grundle up out the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Up on a city wall, they didn't care too much about piercing. It doesn't seem to me like the piercing really stopped the ancient cultures from engaging in it. Right. And I'm wondering, so what degree of that, our hesitation that we feel like of slicing of flesh or whatever, Mm -hmm. seems really, really horrible to me. Is that just because of the culture I've grown up in? I just haven't been exposed to it. And and you end up desensitized to it. If you grew up in an Assyrian culture Mm -hmm. where it's just normal. He, uh, in the podcast, Carlin refers to the dichotomy between, a society of wooden shoes versus silk slippers. Okay. And that's to like the society that's soft, maybe ours is like the silk slipper one right. where we're kind of trodden around with our fancy stuff. <laughs> and then maybe you do get a little bit um, desensitized well, to it. Well, no, oh. the opposite. Oh, the opposite. You're overly sensitized to the brutality. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Overly sensitive to it. Well, I even felt this just the other week when i cut the tip of my pinky finger off and i was such a sook about it i mean (laughs) went to the er and had to get a tetanus shot and stuff but it's the tip of my pinky which is yeah i'll grieve it but that i was thinking dang people have limbs get chopped off sometimes or Mm -hmm. you know in any name any of these ancient wars in written about in the bible yeah brutal stuff going on crazy so it makes me wonder is it that we don't i don't feel like i'm exposed to that much today yeah compared to how i would be if i grew up in an assyrian culture or something is that because of, of course right yeah yeah totally. seems obvious totally less is that because the so the world i see today with my own eyes is far less violent than the one that's portrayed maybe in scripture or just ancient history is that because humans in general have become less violent or are we all just as violent as we always were but now the ways that we express it like through guns the technology has reached the point where it's a little less personal and brutal. It's a little more disconnected. You can just pull a trigger and a guy drops over at, you know, however many yards. Mm-hmm. So, well, you think just kind of shooting from the hip and yeah. there's so, there's so many facts that I can't bring to the table because I don't know them. Okay. And like, you know, like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. someone who studied this, a sociologist or psychologist of war would know way more. So take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. This is for entertainment purposes <laughs> at this point, <laughs> but uh, you'd, I would, om- I would, my hunch is I would suspect the opposite that the, when technology increases away from the personal, uh, proximity range yep. of killing that I would, you'd think you become more violent or at least the, the more per- willing to kill. You mean? Right. Yeah. And thus, because it's or less- more, ca- more carnage will happen as a result. I think that actually is true. Just the numbers and. Like a nuke being dropped, obviously. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's not necessarily... So more that... killed from the nuke than, like, all of these Persian wars, Battles. essentially. Yeah. That's a good point. 
but that's see but that's also but we don't have the thirst for blood it seems like yeah that the ancient cultures did this is super nerdy but yeah. just as you say thirst for blood i've read a lot of warcraft novels okay and one thing that really <laughs> sets the orc off is straight up the taste of blood they love the taste of it mm. and isn't there something to that like I don't know whether it's Asian cultures or something. They oh boy! Drink the blood of their enemies. I can. Um, well, yeah. I mean, the right? Mong. I think the Mongols. Was it the Mongols? Yeah, it would just the brutal. skull. Yeah, they love it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the um, how the Mongols basically survived. They practiced bloodletting of their horses, so they might go for. Sorry. Yeah. What? So you know the Mongol hordes are a horseback yeah. society. And they're going all through the steppes and just this brutal landscape. There's no crop. They're not planting things. So they're bringing a whole caravan of supplies with them. But like on the journey, like if you're heading off to, let's say, modern day Iran, like yeah. Babylon or something, you're going to go sack the city and you're traveling hundreds, thousands of miles. You can't carry that much food. on. So they'll like mix a little bit of milk with blood from their horse. They'll bloodlet the horse put it in a little jar mix it with some milk and drink that and so why though why just a sustenance but also helps or is it just the taste of the blood no it brings new there's nutrients in it going yeah there's nutrients in it wow yeah some vitamins and stuff okay for sure all right uh and so particularly like on the day of battle then like these nasty old mongols have blood all over their sorry to anyone who's mongolian now i mean i'm talking about the old ones yeah yeah <laughs> the yeah. the huns just a like, blood-stained mouth from drinking blood from their horse and so it's terrifying oh, to the yeah, you don't want to fight a guy who's got a blood-stained mouth, mouth. Oh. that's rough so okay let's do a little but thought just, exp- yeah good little thought experiment if you took a baby from say the mongolian culture or some ancient violent tribe and just imagine you could do a time swap and they were born today. They grew up in this culture. Would they have like strange violent tendencies? Are they, are they touched with right. the violent gene? Right. Do they have the, <clears throat> is that somewhere in them that they're just a more savage person or would they grow up just like we do? Is a human a human? I don't think so, man. No. You don't think a human is a think, human? I think if I, my newborn son, Jack, even at this age, Six months old. Yeah. I mean, we've shown him quite a bit of love, but it might even be he could be broken out of that fairly quickly if thrust into these other societies of the past. Oh, you are saying it is shaped by culture. I am. Yeah. Okay. I am saying that. Okay. I think human nature is static at this point. I mean, maybe I could imagine there being enough time of human evolution where our neurology would significantly change to the point where maybe i'm just thinking out loud like your amygdala or different parts of your brain that are responsible for emotional responses yeah uh are better connected or something and you become more empathetic Mm. maybe through brain chemistry i just don't think like the near what i'm calling the near past as in 2500 years ago yeah in the grand scale of evolutionary time would that's not enough time for, for that to change too much. The core of what it is to be a human right. hasn't changed. I think it is. There is a certain amount of that that's biological and could change. Right. I don't think. You enough, don't think we've seen that enough time. But we have seen different kinds of cultures crop oh, up, mm-hmm. vastly different. Obviously, the one that we live in, that we can be sitting here in a basement talking about this. Yeah. But so is that just the product of us over time 
figuring out more about the world, how it works, who we are in it, how to get along? Is that kind of, it's just education? Is that what's led to mm. safer cultures? Yeah, in a way. Yes. We just, think, depending on what you're, more. what you are saying by education, by, and by that, I think you, that I'm taking you to say, there is this idea of coming closer to truth mm. in morality. <clears throat> Sorry, choking on my That's all right. throat there a little bit. That's all right. Uh, and we just have happened upon different principles in ethics or morality that are getting us closer to this gold standard of ideal human behavior. Mm. So that I think that's part of it. And so people who have discovered these principles have taught them to people and so there's education in that way i guess i i want to be careful though that we don't fall into what's it sometimes called chronological snobbery this this notion that that we are so different from other humans that we've really got a handle on reality Mm -hmm. like concepts of compassion and and loving kindness they go back the age old this is not a new concept how to get along with other humans so um well can i push back please yeah yeah yeah. i think there are significant so i'm thinking here of jesus of nazareth yes comes on the scene in this hellenistic culture just greek culture where different there's kind of a different constellation of virtues that are prized there's the uh aristotle talks about the magnanimous man Mm. Uh, it has to be male on his story, unfortunately, <laughs> okay. for our female listeners. But uh, kind of like the almost the playboy or mm. uh, like generous giving in the community. And he's rich and wealthy and well-spoken. The, like that's kind of the ideal yeah. figure. And so there's a certain amount of like pride and boasting and confidence that's wrapped that's up in that package. Good. So like uh, to my knowledge, I could be just completely reamed for this, but. I'm pretty sure humility is not on the list of virtues for Aristotle. Really? I'm, I'm, I could be wrong about that, and I'd be horrified to learn it. I was wrong because I am a philosopher by training. <laughs> but like, I think that's one of the things that Jesus is bringing to the scene. Yeah, that is relatively rare hmm. in human history. Is the notion of humbleness as a good thing? That would be seen. That's what I think was really shocking about it. Um, yeah. And meekness. Blessed are the meek. Right. What are, you, what are you talking about, dude? No. Blessed are the the proud and the confident and those who take what they can. That was the dominant thinking of his day. Mm-hmm. You're saying, and he was countercultural in that way. Yeah. Like who who are the figures in history then that we that almost all of us know as household names? Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, Attila the Hun. Uh, Xerxes, the Persian king. Those, I mean, all of those figures were conquerors. Can I push back? Yep. They're not, there's other well known household names. I'm thinking of the Buddha, was known for his compassion. And how long ago was he? He was 600 BC, maybe around there. Okay. I think, could be wrong. Listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. That's true. There are other. So, you are picking warlords, and I'm saying there's spiritual leaders who have maybe always said humility and loving your neighbor is the way to go. Mm. Um, so, I don't know if the okay. names you're picking out are fair, <laughs> and I'm calling you on it. 
gotta represent the buddha (laughs) no that's fair um so so back to my question then i don't know if um unless they just weren't getting as much airtime i don't know if concepts like compassion and humility are new to us now that oh we've figured out how to get along finally humans have figured out how to get along with each other people have been saying this stuff for ages it's like but, but maybe but aren't we? But isn't it better now than it was then on the violence scale? It, it does feel that way. Like living here in America. Let's just say, let's let's not talk about the world. Just America. Sorry? Let's not talk about the whole world. Just America. Spoken like a true American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Isn't it like modern America is safer than ancient the, Assyria? It is the best place to live oh, in human history. Stop it, dude. Stop. <laughs> you are so full of it. Right. No, wrong. Right. Absolutely not. It's the height of arrogance. <laughs> fine. The we- let's just find the Western world. That seems true. Okay. Whatever we're calling the you first world. You just want world. to include the UK yeah, and Australia. Well, Australia's up there and yeah. great places to live. Mm-hmm. So better roads, but but yeah, I think you're right. the The first world we might call it. Yeah. Definitely seems safer to live in the first world. We can we establish that as a uh, right? I think so. I don't see this is where my facts betray me mm. because I'm thinking of, well, even Carlin mentioned, because uh, w- w- what was so interesting about the podcast too was we so often hear about the perspective of the Greeks. Like when we hear about the Battle of Thermopylae from the movie 300, yeah. King Leonidas holds off what uh, Herodotus, mm-hmm. the historian slash playwright, says, well, like a million persians are bearing down upon greece from the north here's this pass uh the hot gates thermopylae Mm -hmm. and they're defending this narrow passageway and we always think of the greeks as like they're the home team for western civilization right and and in a way like that's sort of true like if they if the persians had taken over greece world history looks totally different different. yeah but when we go when we find out as much as we can about persian history uh it's actually like not that bad of a place like if you lived in the capitals of the persian empire mm. it's actually like a pretty cool place they're really progressive for the time like and all of this is on a we're grading on a curve sure for violence that's how carlin talks about that's it good. that's good like um, that. <laughs> that like uh, oh they're still like horrifically really violent, terrible don't like, get it twisted to, to their enemies yeah but back in the home homestead not the frontiers of expansion but if you're back at one of the main persian capitals i mean there's it's the height of culture at the time, and they are kind of the silk slipper society. Yeah. So I think when you – I don't know if it was uh, really dangerous to be a Persian citizen. Right. So I, I'm wondering, just even as you talked about it with expansion, it's something to do – like most of those ancient wars I can think about were fighting over territory. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, we're fighting – it's land grabs. I want that land. I'm going to fight you for it. There's different ways to dice it up, but yeah, the, okay. the geopolitical arena. There's like a religious way you could be talking about it and fighting for the the deities, but and call call me crazy or uneducated. Yeah, I'm. I know that wars still happen over territory. That's obviously happening in Israel and all kinds of places, mm-hmm. but it does seem like for the most part, nobody's trying to claim America. You know, like our borders are kind of set. Mm-hmm. The world map pretty much done for now like yeah. we found it all it's all been allotted it's divvied up some still some minor quibbles going on sorry to call them that but in the grand scheme you know yeah like america's not trying to invade canada and take the land that we're not doing that no 
We got we got enough land. We're all right. So does that play into it? Yeah. I'm sorry to call some of these wars minor quibbles. Yeah, and these we're not trained historians no, or I'm a political scientists. I'm, I'm an absolute fool. Well, just on your world map thing, I mean, after the fall of the Soviet Union, you have like a dozen new countries mm. that weren't there. It was all USSR. I guess that's true. And now you have Kazakhstan. Right. You know. Um, I guess that's true. So that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't too long ago. Maybe I'm but wrong. no, there is a thing called like the United Nations is a pretty neat development when, in world history. When's the, how old's the UN? Wow. Thanks for quizzing me on the live air. <laughs> I don't know for sure. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I want to say like after World War II though. Google says. Nine, what do you want to guess? Uh, 1949. Oh, close. 45. Okay. Yep. Oh, so right after the war. October 24th. We need to, we, guys, we so need We got to do something about this. <laughs> these wars <clears throat> getting out of hand. And so, like, who, who you're, I mean, you're asking really good questions. And the the true answer is yes to all of these things are factors. We're just yeah. kind of listing off causes of yeah, why so. things are better. Uh, communi- and technology plays into it, too. Um, the better communication between nations. I mean, yeah. before, like... Spart- it's a smaller globe yeah. now. We're more connected. Persia was attacking Athens, and they sent a runner to Sparta to oh, like man. Oh my gosh, a guy just ran to Sparta. Like <laughs> we need help. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocking. And now we can send email or whatever it is. That's true. The higher ups are using even now. even um, travel is a lot easier. So mm-hmm. international relations uh, easier than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. It's a little feels a little bit more like a united globe, in many ways. Okay, do you think then the average man or woman, the average person, more violent or less violent than the average person three thousand years ago? The average, the, just the average person, without the nuances of culture. Yeah, I would very say, broadly speaking. I want to say less, less violent. That's how I feel too. Yeah, but and I think. Because of the influence of the West, Western culture, mm. and the pri- and like we get enlightenment values of reason mm. and just life of the mind and critical thinking, intellectual virtues. Be- they really are like as much as <laughs> yeah. we don't see that on social media as much. Just the general milieu of wanting to have a defensible position rather than lord it over someone with power and just take. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really think there's like been a shift in virtues around like just throughout the history of Christendom is brings like obviously Christendom perpetrated some heinous acts. Sure. Uh, but there has been a sense of. Well, maybe I'm just wrong about that. Moral progress. Oh, for sure that. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I feel like there has been somewhat of a shift in the notion of if I'm powerful, I will just take. Yeah. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm wrong. And all throughout there's been people doing some that. empire that is looking to do it, like the Third Reich mm. and guys over in Russia and these war oh, there's so many wars in Asia that's dizzying and throughout on. the dynasties and stuff. Yeah. Maybe it'll always be with us. But wow. it's kind of a half baked response. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I mean I I mean I mean I don't expect you to have the answers. I'm, I'm just curious if they're I want to keep it more on a philosophical level. Mm. And I'm just unsure if there is a, is there someone out there that could tell us like, oh yeah, it's definitely less violent or more violent. What we do know is people 
throughout the ages have been violent and they they'll always be with us mm. and like have and how do you even measure it like have more people more people have died in the last 50 years right yeah. than like any other 50 year time span is that true i, mean, I guess now well probably almost like obviously so because of population growth oh, but look at all these things to consider dude but then percentage like Unreal. that one i don't really know like world percentage wise how many have died to violent crimes or war crimes compared to other portions of history i, I don't know yep um so i don't know if that's the metric or do you just mean like in the psyche how many seconds of the day are spent, spent wishing bro- ill brooding on yeah yeah <laughs> and that one i don't know the average violence level in the human heart that's what i'm interested in do you mean like malice, maliciousness? Mm. Because by their right. cultural standard, if I don't, I'm not a relativist, but in their thinking, I don't know if they would have considered it. Like, I don't know if it was like ill, like I hate those people or something. It's just what it meant to be good in some parts of the world was that you took what you could. Wow. Like strength. Yeah. Might makes right. Wow. I, I, from my knowledge of history, it seems like that was a purveying idea mm. for a lot of cultures. We would count it as malice, but just if you're talking about the internal states of yeah. like hating somebody, that wasn't their motivation. I don't know if that has changed for the average person. Hmm. That's an interesting insight. Like from their perspective, we, we would call it now, like looking with our yeah modern values now looking back and like oh they just must have hated each other well i don't well, know if that was it yeah it was just they were weaker and that's how you, you take what you can when you can yeah wow so i don't know if that was insightful i found it just really interesting to think about how the similarities and dissimilarities to the past uh how similar i am to those yeah peoples of old and if i lived in that time might i have been um, on the front lines yeah and piercing. For, for those of you that watch jordan peterson this is one of his main talking points in a lot of his uh talks that he goes on uh-huh. throughout the world that uh kind of like the depravity of man in a way really of like that human nature is bent toward ill mm. and that like if you uh, if you were just in the nazi army like you, you and all the indoctrination that was going on and the pressure, the average person would have been putting people in the gas chambers. You'd like yeah. to think that you're better. Right. But you're just not grappling with the amount, like just the context and the pressures people are under. Yeah. Um, That's the uh, There's a good show by Darren Brown on Netflix. I think it's called The Push or The Shove or something. And the concept is that over the course of one night, they've got a particular person who is the subject of this experiment but doesn't know it, who ha- comes to some event, has is either a guest at the event or has been hired for it. And Darren's goal is, through a series of planned interactions and stuff, get this person to the point where they'd be willing to kill a stranger by the end of the night. What? Yeah, it's wild. To kill? Yeah, so the person comes in and it starts with just a little compromise like, Let's see if we can get this. Let's see if I can convince this guy to make tell a white lie. We've got these sausage rolls. These ones are supposed to be vegetarian, but we don't have vegetarian ones. Can you just stick the vegetarian flag in them and we'll take them out? 
So lie about whether or not these sausage rolls the are vegetarian. What's the upside? What would we get for lying? Nothing. It's just like a quick favor that he's being asked to do by the guy who invited him kind of thing. Oh. And over the course of the night, things just get more and more out. The, the favors just get a little bit more intense until by the end of the night, there is a dude sitting on the roof and they're trying to convince this person to push the guy off the skyscraper and several well not to spoil it but several people do it wow it's crazy it's crazy and then the they power come suggestion yeah just over the over time the social pressure of mm-hmm. i have to do this to cover up or i'm gonna get found out and it's wild man i think it's called the push or the shove but check it out interesting insight into the just like you're saying the yeah the power of you think you would never do these things mm-hmm. but if you were put in those situations you might very well be capable of doing some of these things yeah. sobering thought interesting and part of it is geography like america is blessed to have only two neighbors yeah and like we're on it's a huge country yeah. and like water on each you're not like surrounded sides. by other nations right where i think that makes a bit of a difference like being in that cultural pot of different mm-hmm. ideas and stuff that can kind of boil over yeah. Just a lot of neighbors, a lot of different ideas and disagreements. Yeah, not enough space to practice your own policies. So just these different accidents of history are fascinating to me that have led to violence and that it could happen again. Mm. World War Three, Dang. Could happen and what would be our part in that? What, like would I be? I'm a very, I haven't, I've never been in a fight, you know? <laughs> yeah. So who knows what would turn on in the face of, danger and defending Threat. family yeah interesting to think about just in i don't know a broad part of open to truth of thinking about ourselves and self-reflection yeah um fascinating as people th- yeah fascinating what can we learn from the past and and mm-hmm. violence and how violent are we yeah please write into the show if you have ideas please correct any m- wrong dates <laughs> <laughs> um yeah we'd love to hear from you yeah you can reach us at open to truth podcast at gmail.com be sure to like and subscribe on itunes and have a good day yeah we'll see you next time thanks Thanks. for listening bye